Welcome to Charm the Water. My name is Aaron David. This is Day of Moon. And um, in the like trailer to this podcast, I explain it's sort of an occult reference slash journal. Uh, at least that's what I have in the description. So I think I'm seeing as time goes by a more clear picture of what the hell I was talking about because you know no matter what I'm doing like I have no idea of what I'm doing <laughs> and uh, it's been a lifetime of just doing a million little things and exploring them and be like uh, you know after 40 years of that I think I finally learned how to do it in a way that is um, mature maybe (laughs) so uh, anyway yesterday was day of sun and in that I was talking about how the sun has always been sort of mysterious for me and uh, this show I try to talk about you know, each planetary day, I give the planetary day, and over time, I hope to build out a clearer picture of the influences of each planetary day, so, uh, not quite literally, but the best way I can put it is that I'm look, I'm looking for a message from each planetary day, I'm looking to, like, touch that current, or I'm Uh, Other metaphors would be I'm looking for that day's trend. And this is where the trading metaphors come in and are so handy. Um, Trying to ride that wave of that day and um, take meaning from it. You know, I've only got so many of these days. I swear to God you turn 40. And the looming presence of death, like, does change your psyche. Uh, I think some people are better at um, burying that, but it would act out in unconscious ways, such as the midlife crisis around, you know, this decade and the next decade. Um, There's a lot of uh, tension or pressure uh, that comes in uh, psychologically and... uh, Anyway, I forget how I got off on that. But uh, I think yesterday's day of sun, the message was like, you know, your entire life you've been so weighed down. And I always see the um, geomantic figure that corresponds uh, to Capricorn, which the name escapes me right now. But uh, it's like a little, small, tiny prison cell. Uh, Is it Carcer? Uh, I think so, that incarceration uh, makes sense. Uh, Yeah, that's what, like, you know, 41 years now have been like. And uh, I think it causes a lot of suspicion, like the the way I live life uh, in people around me. And I look at how I was through school, and I was just like, you know, a guarded tower. Nobody reached and, um, you know, you can do, there's a movie that was in the 1980s that I haven't seen since the 1980s, 
And it's like a guy who like grew up in a television world, uh, just at the house by himself or something. And then like he's got gray hair and stuff, and then all of a sudden he's introduced to the world. I can't think of the name of it. I can't think of who starred in it. And I was a child the last time I saw it. I've never seen it mentioned again. Uh, I think I did one time about a decade ago. But I don't know if it was a made-for-TV movie. But that was like the whole movie. And this guy was so into the uh, uh, like habits of his day. And this theme was played out kind of like later... Uh, in extremes such as Rain Man and uh, there's been other kind of movies that touch on this theme of somebody completely sheltered and then they drop into the real world at a later age. <laughs> That's kind of like the Capricorn thing, the late bloomer, the uh, the uh, living mystery shrouded in darkness up until a sudden point and then it's like, ah, this is this is what I was, or this is what I am, <clears throat> or I'm okay with what I am, uh, after all this time, I finally, you know, can come to some sort of, uh, understanding, and it takes a, it takes longer for Capricorn than it does for <laughs> everybody else, <laughs> uh, but then, you know, I kind of, I think, well, Kelly is like this, and she's a Virgo, where um, it takes a longer period of time. Uh, she's like an abstract thinker, and it takes a longer uh, time period for her to absorb, I guess, the uh, logistics. But once she does, because she's begun from that larger abstracted and kind of coming down into the small instead of starting with the small which is easily grasped but uh, little picture people who deal with immediacy and details a lot of the times aren't good at uh, grasping that larger abstracted picture or they wouldn't be in the position they're in as a details person if they were that good because one is above the other and uh stature of office what was it we called indignity there we go we learned that word yesterday uh so um this heavy capricornian weight like earth just like like someday i heard dan bell uh who is a youtuber a content creator an influencer <laughs> he uh was talking about his uh struggle with depression and the guy looked like shit like he looked like a zombie and what had happened i think i mentioned this was his medication stopped working uh he didn't want to admit it and finally after describing these depths of like oh it sounded horrible and he described it as scary and i i agree it sounded scary um, just not having energy to get out of bed for weeks on end or to take showers. I've not experienced that depth of like the kind of heavy earth energy, but uh, it's always been there to some degree. So I don't know, probably a professional would call that depression maybe or uh, the kind of backwardsness um weirdness uh of Saturn's stuff uh, the kind of um uh 
uh, it's like a, the Japanese call those little small figures, they call it something that's not quite, uh, makes it sound like, uh, something a bit twisted, something, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. I'll have to think of what the Japanese call the tiny little cute figures. Whatever that word is, uh, describes what I'm talking about. That's present in Saturn people, uh, uh, according to me. <laughs> but uh, that is, uh, I think, later in life, you kind of tried to hammer it out. It's like a previous lifetime. They took a gut blow, a gut blow that crippled them over and in the next time next life is spent like recovering from that uh gut blow um and kind of been expanding out where the 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 hit caused a uh, drawing in like a really intense drawing in and uh i think what capricorn is about is expanding out from that you know, drawing into the darkness or drawing in uh, into the center of the earth uh, and their present is that earth element. Okay, so Capricorn's life is about waking up from that underworld sleep uh, that, you know, who knows how many lifetimes, how many hundreds of years, how many centuries, you know, that particular soul has been asleep or not, or whatever, but now here it is coming, you know, in in its lifetime, incarnated as uh, under the influences of Saturn, as coming out of that um, in a way that is uh, more pronounced than uh, other people have to deal with in in their lifetimes. If that makes any sense. Because they're dealing with their own unique (laughs) uh, starry fates. (laughs) But uh, this is how I understand my own. Um, uh, So that's difficult. uh, Dealing with those type of energies. Those heavy earth energies. And uh, you know. I can see it. And I've seen it all my life. And I never understood it. And it's me. I can walk into a room and the, it kills the energy of the room instantly. <laughs> like everybody starts to <laughs> have panic demon thoughts or something. I don't know. But uh, wow, it is very present in my life and always has been. Um, I've had more... <clears throat> More than one partner tell me, uh, like, how I can uh, kill any joy (laughs) that arises. But, uh, you know, not all the time. I'm pretty goofy, I think would be the word. But uh, that does kind of haunt me and express itself uh, through me. This just sort of heavy, you know... Uh, I think that's why it's balanced with the goofiness. Uh, that's how I'm balancing it in life. Um, so all that to say that what I got, what the quote 
message, unquote, yesterday within the day of the sun was, was that the sun is how to emerge from the earth. I mean, it seems kind of obvious, but (laughs) these things like don't make sense until they do make sense until they lend that understanding. I mean, I can say something and I can say it a thousand times, but until like you're in the place where it will mean something to you and have a, a depth there that zings you and uh, touches you in your experience. Ooh, that sounds nasty. Um, you know, it just won't mean anything. So that is uh, in the um, you know hermetic uh, trithemian you know um, technical, I guess, operational side of things. What that means was would be that you know working with uh, solar spirits and the sun, the spirits of the sun. Uh, that is a way to uh, break up that earth and you know begin to shoot upward uh, out of the earth into you know <laughs> the, the other elements, <laughs> uh, which would be great. And I think, you know, water is the, uh, the strong one there. And I think, uh, air and fire, I can see all of those within my life. Um, and I, I guess the, the, you know, what is for everyone, the, the, uh, the fire of, you know, the motivating fire is a, a crucial part and kind of. I see that as the the lighting up of the eyes and this hunger that can be seen in the eyes. And I think of my church life, you know, which centers on day of sun. (laughs) You know, all my day of suns for 40, well, not 40 years, almost 40 years, all my days of sun, you know, dealt with uh, church or some th- religious theme or pe- you know if I had stopped going to church the people around me were still very involved there was no escape uh, from that little prison cell uh, of, of church and in a, in a particular um, expression of it and um here we are later and uh, I kind of forgot where I was going with that but um, I guess just now being able to you know, see that that is not what Day of Sun is about you know that wasn't it I don't know you know why uh, me and so many generations of my family had to uh, experience our incarnations in that little prison cell. I don't know why that is. I don't know, like, what did we do that this is such a mind lock on my biological relatives? Um, 
and it, it, it's not always, you know, I kind of go back and forth with my uncle. Like, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? And then I realized with the hermetic thing, you're thinking about things in black and white. He's both, and so are all of us. And trying to melt that, you know, way of judging people that, you know, breeds all kinds of you know, feelings that you don't want to be feeling of like hatred and um, jealousy and, you know, all these like negative emotional things that will find a way to express themselves, a way to exercise themselves from you and come out and damn, do some real damage. Uh, those stem from uh, that it's either this or it's either that. And that's what it is. And um, there's nothing that can be done about this person because that's who they are. Like, that is like a false... It's not at all, you know, what I've come to understand through uh, magical initiation. That's so childish a way of perceiving things and such a denial of nature, so I remember what I was going to say about earlier that I forgot, and that is that, you know, I wish I was born into a world uh, that didn't give me the uh, church story. I wish I was born into a world where I didn't have to find out, you know, at around 40 years old that, you know, nature and what nature shows us about life that is true for us too and uh, survival is first and foremost not you know what the state is providing you or how it's taking care of you or how your church community how they uh, take care of you because all that can fall apart you know overnight Uh, What life is really about is the individual expressions of it, uh, finding ways to grow despite, you know, where they've been planted. Uh, They they just find a way to grow. You you see these little, these gigantic dandelions growing from the smallest, like, crack in the concrete sidewalk. They're just like, you know, screw you, sidewalk. (laughs) Uh, And those are the best dandelions. Those are the strongest dandelions. Those are, you know, the most magically potent dandelions. Ah, while I'm on this, um, I discovered on YouTube a better way of collecting um, the biodiversity for soil conditioning, the microbes. Uh, So previously, uh, I had made the wooden box and I actually have not deployed it because I've been busy doing other things. But uh, the notion was to sterilize rice and um, with a pressure cooker and then deploy that in the box at the spot in the woods and collect local microbiology and uh, then bring it back and use it for soil conditioning 
and this comes from Korean Natural Farming and uh, Master Cho and uh, so uh, I saw a guy on YouTube he was like this hilarious like old white hippie dude and he was taking a uh, silk not a silk stocking I was thinking about the 1990s TV show I guess uh, pantyhose and he kept saying pantyhose in like this really weird way when he would say pantyhose <laughs> it was just weird but he took like a knee high uh, pantyhose and filled it with um, uncooked rice and then he uh, went to this like 500 year old tree he had on his property and he said look for the oldest trees he said because they will have the best microbiology and I was like ah of course you know that makes perfect sense and I thought about when we lived on uh, out in Mars Hill and on that property like oh my god God, I wish I could go back there now, knowing what I know now. And, uh, you know, there was this giant oak, old oak, that was part of the moon initiation that Kelly had this visionary experience of. And below that oak, I would walk by it on this mountain trail like that. I was so rich of... um, compost, just the natural composting that happened over, you know, who knows how long. I wish I could go back there and collect that microbiology from that and make a soil in which I grow things uh, in. And, you know, that would just be so cool. But I don't think I will go back there unless some special circumstance makes that possible, which I don't think so. Um, I don't know. I would I would have to think about a where do I want a local tree? Do I want the oldest tree on this property? I mean, that's kind of keeping in line with my um, closed loop uh, idea. Uh, anyway, back to the video. The, the guy also said that bamboo is an excellent place to collect. Uh, because with bamboo there's always a very diverse microbiology so I also have bamboo on the property so probably be doing two um, knee-high stocking rice bags what you do is dig I think it's about like I want to say nine inches I'm not sure if that's right because that sounds pretty deep um, I don't know. I'll have to like watch it again. Uh, but I mean, obviously, the entire thing is underground. Uh, the entire knee-high uh, stocking of like two cups of rice, uh, uncooked, uncooked rice, is just dropped into a. I would say at least five-inch uh, hole. <clears throat> And then you leave it there for a month and come back and um, the stocking, you have to leave the top of the stocking, like tie it off with something so you can find it again and leave it above ground. Uh, But when you come back in that month, that rice should just be 
it looks like a uh, mushroom bag. Like uh, if you've seen people, growers grow in those bags. Um, they'll inoculate a medium that's in a bag. It's easy to sterilize the stuff in the bag. And uh, then when it, it fills out, it's just mycelium blows out the whole bag like a balloon and mushrooms come out uh, small. These like holes and it just kind of goes all over the place. <laughs> That's kind of what your sock looks like. It should just be like a big log, mycelial log. And he was pulling up like reds, greens, blues, yellows, whites, all kinds of different uh, microbial colors uh, from the rice bag that was uh, put in the ground right at the foot of that 500-year-old tree on on his property. And then uh, from there, he mixed it in uh, with molasses and uh, yada yada. That's kind of the Korean natural farming part, which I don't know exactly. I've not gotten to the point of uh, collecting the microbes to worry about that part just yet so I'm sure I'll be talking about that in the future and uh, so this is day of moon Um, I don't even know what I'm going to get up to today Uh, it's been rainy the last two days and There's still lots of stuff to do on the house that I just have not touched in a while. Uh, just because it's it's a bit overwhelming. <laughs> and uh, let's see. I know what I need to do today. Uh, continue to clear out things. Uh, I refreshed the Etsy shop and... Uh, So I decided I would sell on three places, Facebook Marketplace, eBay, and um, the Etsy store, uh, depending on what I'm selling. So uh, I need to continue to just like list, list, list. And oh my God, that's so boring and tedious, but um, there's just a a lot that needs to be cleared out. And uh, I did decide what I want to do with the trading thing. Uh, so I'll talk about that for a minute. I want to use the money from this uh, this um, getting rid of stuff to go on a public FTMO challenge. Maybe not necessarily here. Maybe starting like a daily vlog uh like video uh type of thing a daily type like a vlog uh detailing the journey with that uh challenge and so <clears throat> the trouble that I'm having now um I've got all the uh everything except my discipline that still is what's lacking uh, so I know exactly what to do. I have it all on a small piece of paper, fully built out strategy, everything I could possibly need. And my problem is adhering to it. 
And so that that something as ridiculous as that is the problem tells me that even though I've experienced stress and anxiety and freakouts over this, I'm causing that all that to myself by just not sticking with my strategy and realizing that my psychology can be affected for two, three, four days, a week, two weeks from the stuff I do that's stupid, that's outside of my strategy, that can affect me psychologically for those periods of times. And it's very destructive uh, to know that you have done this to yourself and you are the reason you're feeling like this. It's a horrible feeling. It's terrible. And I think it always reminds me of uh, when I was working at this church in West Asheville. Uh, I, one day, you know, the associate pastor came in and talked to me and the pastor and was like, this just happened. And she told us that at the church just down the road, they had a young man that has been a cook for the daycare. We also had a daycare. Uh, it was a separate business from the church, but uh, it was on the uh, church in the uh, kind of one side of the church was used for the daycare, and now it's a um, Steiner daycare, Waldorf. Uh, but anyway, at the uh, daycare down the road they had hired this cook and he had been there a long time and he drank and uh, apparently he had been on a binge or something and came in and uh, in the kitchen where he was trying to prepare uh, food for these kids in this daycare he decided just to take the knife and mutilate himself with it And he committed suicide by slashing his own self to death. (laughs) And like, she's like, she's standing there in the doorway telling us this. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, this just happened just down the road. Just, just happened. You're like, oh my God. And, uh, yeah, it was, like, shocking. But that type of, like, self-hatred, I understand. Because at the time, I was drinking. And, you know, you just do this to yourself so many times. And you realize this is some kind of, like, self-punishment. This is not fun. This is some kind of punishment that I'm putting myself through. And it is... Um, and I think that that guy in that kitchen must have come to the point that he was so disgusted with himself and how sick he was and how, you know, just miserable. I mean, I'm sure we can most all relate to, uh, just being so hung over. You can't do anything the next day. And if you have to work and if this is a regular cycle, you're putting yourself through, you know, it's just a nightmare. And he just decided to uh, end himself that morning. He got so pissed off at himself. 
He was able to like mutilate himself with a knife. That's just crazy. Like the rage that uh, he must have felt against himself. So when you do this in trading, when you screw yourself over like that by not sticking with your strategy, it is a self-destructive act. And you've been in the game long enough to realize it as a self-destructive act. You consciously know, hey, I'm just going to just like really fuck myself over. (laughs) When you're in the midst of doing it, that's not your thought. And that's the problem. You need to have done it enough to where that is the thought at the thought of doing it. Uh, That you're like, nah, you know, I am not going to drink a fifth of uh, whiskey before 3 p.m. on a Tuesday, you know, mid-morning. I'm just not going to do that. (laughs) Because, you know, I know where I'm going to be Wednesday morning. I can see that far down the road. And uh, I know where that will lead Wednesday morning. And I don't want to inhabit that hell realm of Wednesday morning. So let's just forget it. Uh, There's something like in people that go ahead and do it. Something there is severely broken um, for them to be punishing themselves like that. So uh, I don't want to do it. I'm to the point where like, I, I realize this is what I'm doing. And I don't know. I mean, I've got a lot going on here. You know, my mom is in hospice. You know, that's progressing. Kelly and I have been two years in uh, lockdown, essentially. And the tensions that build up just from those two things, it's almost absurd for me to try and be trying to train, uh, do a professional level performance career that takes the psychology of like a Navy SEAL. Like, it's crazy to try to do right now anyway. But there's not much choice. <laughs> like, this is just the, how things have played out. And this is what is at hand. And this is what must happen. <clears throat> going back through all the uh, initiations, all of it just leads up to this. And it's like go time, like boots on the ground. Uh, So there's no, I am going to fail at this. That is not there. And if that sneaks in, like that is where like the demons get their entry into my psychology if I let that type of thinking in and I have to constantly go back and think of you know the mystical experiences that I've I've had and draw strength from them and realize that this you know I'm only going to be here on this planet in this body this body has an expiration date (laughs) and nobody really knows when when that happens, is it going to get really like curdled or is it just going to go absolutely rotten 
Or is it just going to, like, go out and, like, you know, peak condition? Like, nobody knows when the expiration date, like, clicks on and you just die. Uh, (laughs) Like, you're dead. It's over. It's over, you know? Um, Man, you don't know. So, uh, there's, like, an urgency, especially with the midlife stuff I was talking about. That's double or tripled. I remember feeling those feelings uh as a as a child, uh, especially with the church rapture stuff. You know, we're going to be raptured out of here any day now. And that's still going on, you know. These uh, vaccinations never seen anything like it before. I tell you what, it's the end times. You know how many decades I've heard that that like every day it's the it's the end time. Oh my God. And here I am, 40 something years later. It's not the end time. I'm still having to live day to day life. You know, I wish that I was dumb enough to camp out in that, you know, I'm not going to have to worry about the future because I'm going to be zapped out of here any day now. You know, I wish I was dumb enough to still live in that delusion. <clears throat> Actually, I don't. Because it's miserable. Excuse me. I'm choking, apparently. I've worked all the phlegm up. And my agitation. Oh my god. If you just heard that, I just was looking for my coffee and I just dumped it on the floor. That is an absolute tragedy. Let me grab a towel. Oh, and there's the towel getting it up. That sucked. Um... So, back to it being day of moon, uh, the task at hand is to continue selling stuff, and, uh, I just go from diversion to diversion of what will allow me to not continue this remodeling work, which is absolutely miserable. There's just so much to do. And I don't know the future quite yet, you know. I don't know. There's so much, like, unknown and writing on right now. <clears throat> so, uh, I, fig- I figure, you know, what's a way to push my psychology to, uh, to make it serious? To, like, push myself uh, where I'm not comfortable because, um... I think that's the only way to deal with it is head on. So, uh, go ahead and take a real money, um, challenge and it will affect my, uh, psychology, but, uh, it will also force me like if I don't stick to my strategy and I do this publicly, 
like you can multiply that, you know, hell realm. <laughs> Why did I do this to myself? Uh, it, even, you know, more. Uh, and I think that's just um, a way to just like confront it and beat the hell out of it. Um, where, you know, I, uh, that's what the path of discipline is. It's just brutal. It's brutal. Absolutely brutal. And you just have to go through, you know, you go through those psychological like um, war zones and you will get stronger. You know, I realize looking back, I am way more psychologically stronger uh, than I was before I started started this, you know, about, you know, things like patience during the day. Uh, that is like a big area that I can see, you know, when you have to wait on these candlesticks for like sometimes days on end, you're just watching and observing. Uh, you just learn to like, you know, take time easy (laughs) and uh, don't get too worked up about stuff. Don't get too excited don't let the pressures start building up to where they're going to cause you uh, to do something uh, self-destructive. So again, we're back with like, how can that pressure be released? And I think for me, like a daily vlog type thing around my trading journey, I think I'm acquired the skill set where that would be interesting for people into that uh, but um, uh, like I, I also think it would be a way for me to just uh, confront this stuff uh, just like charm the water uh, you know it was such a weird thing like the first charm the water like that was uh, you know I had conjured I'd made the seal of um, uh, Seer, made the spirit pot, gathered spirit pot stuffs, and started to work uh, with him. And I think it was like the, the next morning I was woken up by a male voice at the end of my bed, disembodied voice coming from the end of my bed, just saying, Aaron, you know, that was the uh, result of uh, making Sears spirit pot and um, I can't remember exactly the steps now but it was from Rufus Opus's stuff and the Bune pot like I did that with Sear and uh, that's how I was like Charm the Water launched the next thing I knew uh, I was put into contact with like uh, people who then put me into contact with other people and it got me these interviews that I didn't even want <laughs> like I didn't I didn't really want to talk to these because I don't like to talk to people <laughs> I like it I mean I can do it it's all right but that was so hard for me so hard for me and a lot of those uh, I got through by drinking. And eventually, I didn't have to drink when I interviewed somebody. But in the early days, I very much did have to do that. And uh, there's a lot of interviews that I just will not go back and listen to. 
because I don't want to face that. I don't want to like even hear myself because I know I was two sheets to the wind and I don't know what was <laughs> said and I don't want to know what was said. And it's just kind of like shame, you know, like um, dealing with that throughout that first charm to water. That was really um, rough. And then finally growing to the place where it's like, dude, you know, you make an idiot out of yourself. You do what you're afraid you're going to do. Uh, trying to escape uh, doing that. Did that make sense? So, like, deep down, I have a fear of being open, like, with somebody in conversation. Like, I guess. Like, it just, it I dread it. It takes a lot out of me when I was thinking about interview pe- people. Um, it was just a, hard for me. Uh, so after so many of them, it got a lot easier. And like now it's like, uh, it's still not my favorite. I don't really do it anymore, but like, I feel like I, I went through it to where I don't have to do it anymore. Like I got it. Like I got what I was supposed to get from the doing it, like from the whole seer thing and initially working with him and going through that whole thing. And the uh, tarot card he's associated with is Lord of Abandoned Success. So I feel like um, what I set out to do initially, I did. And then I was like, well, this isn't what I want to (laughs) do. Like, I don't want to sell books for like old white guys. That's what this is. (laughs) Screw this. I'm out of here. Like, uh, and then I was like, I'm not going to... uh, you, uh, I mean, obviously, I could have interviewed somebody non-white that wasn't a guy. Uh, but in the genre, that's who dominates it. Uh, there are exceptions, of course. But, I mean, just look at who's on now. Uh, anyway. Oh, my God. How did I get off on that? I think I'm avoiding... Like, I'm avoiding today. Today isn't like a day I'm super excited about. But uh, I gotta get going with it. Yes. The menial work. I was always trying to avoid it. Alright, until next time.